And now, Gary Leland, the Bitcoin Boomer. Welcome to the Bitcoin for Boomers show, recorded live in Arlington, Texas at the BizTalk TV studios. I'm your host, Gary Leland, affectionately known as the Bitcoin Boomer, and welcome to episode one of season one, like I said, of the Bitcoin for Boomers show. I'm an advocate of Bitcoin. I really think it's a life-changing, world-changing technology that's come along. And we're going to do this show to try to teach you more about Bitcoin. As a boomer, you may not be as well educated on Bitcoin as you'd like, but the thing is boomers control the majority of wealth in this country. Between our 401ks and our retirement programs, we actually control most of the wealth and there's a tidal wave coming called Bitcoin. And I want to educate you on what Bitcoin is. I'm not a technical advisor, I'm not a financial advisor, but I do know a lot about Bitcoin. And I am invested in Bitcoin, and I really think a lot about Bitcoin. So that's going to be the goal of this show. Now, if you want to follow me, you can follow me on Twitter, Gary Leland, and then keep up with what I do. I produce a lot of, uh, a lot of posts there about Bitcoin. But like I said, we just want to bring you this show and give you an idea of what Bitcoin is, what it can do for you, and how to take advantage of, like I said, this tidal wave that's coming through the financial markets. You see the turmoil out there. You see the money being printed. You see what's happening to the dollar right now, I'm sure. And you have questions. Most people don't know that much about Bitcoin. You may have heard of it. You may think things that aren't true about Bitcoin. During these 12 shows of the first season, we should lay all of those things to rest and answer all those questions for you as to what Bitcoin is. Like I said, I just can't say it enough. Bitcoin, Bitcoin, Bitcoin. You need to learn about Bitcoin. You don't have to get in it right now. You don't have to be invested tomorrow, but there's gonna come a time when you're gonna see Bitcoin skyrocketing, I believe, and when that time comes, it sure would be nice to know what's happening and what Bitcoin is. That's my thoughts on the situation. Now we're going to come back with segment one in a few minutes. I'm going to tell you about my personal journey into Bitcoin, how I got involved and what I think about it. So we'll see you after this break. Welcome back to the Bitcoin for Boomers show, recorded live in the BizTalk studios in Arlington, Texas. And as I said earlier, I'm your host, Gary Leland, affectionately known as the Bitcoin Boomer. And I really am just totally mesmerized with Bitcoin. That is pretty much all I study anymore. And that's the purpose of this show, is to teach you and educate you on Bitcoin, what it is, what it's used for, and how it's going to change the world. As I said earlier, there's a tidal wave coming. And that tidal wave is called Bitcoin. You've seen it coming. You know it's going to come. You've seen the things that are causing it to come. Money printing, the world's in turmoil, everything's going crazy. How much money can they print? How much money can they give away? How much can they increase our deficit before 
the markets start crashing. The markets are at an all-time high, and most of the country's out of work. I don't understand it all, and I bet you don't either. But as boomers, we have more money probably than any other class of people in the United States. We have more money in our IRAs. We have more money in our investment funds. We control the finances of the country. And that storm's coming called Bitcoin. And when it comes and Bitcoin starts going through the roof, you're going to want to know something about Bitcoin. You're going to not, you don't want to be sitting on the sideline just wondering what's happening. Most younger people do understand Bitcoin, but they grew up in a world of computers. And Bitcoin is a computer, a digital cash, a digital gold is more like it. And they have a better understanding of it. Many boomer friends of mine, they, they can't understand Bitcoin because they need something to hold. And Bitcoin is not that. It, it is computer digital gold. Now, we're going to go through all that and more, but I kind of want to tell you a little bit about my personal story moving into Bitcoin. I first found out about Bitcoin maybe in 2007, and it was around maybe $100 a Bitcoin. I found out about it. Someone told me about it, and I didn't pay much attention to them. Then back in 2014, maybe I heard about it again, or 2016, and it was $1,000 a Bitcoin. It had gone up tenfold. It had gone from $100 to $1,000. What a great investment. I wish I had put money into it. But I'm sad to say, once again, I didn't pay much attention to it. I thought it was crazy talk. Buying some money that's not backed by anything on the computer. Someone's liable to steal my money. It's just a program after all. It's just a file. So I went on my way. Then in 2017, the middle of 2017, I was at a conference and a friend of mine was talking to some other people about Bitcoin and I stopped in the hallway and overheard him. And I don't know what he said that was different than what the other people had said, but it was really my third time being introduced to Bitcoin. Bitcoin was around $3,500 at this point, gone from 100 to 1000 and I wasn't interested either time, but now at 3500 I'm interested, right? Who knows? What's, what's the scoop? Anyway, I stopped and talked to my friend Tony, and we spent most of the day at the conference sitting on the couch talking about Bitcoin as he tried to explain Bitcoin and the whole world of cryptocurrency to me. And luckily, this time I listened, and I invested at 3500 and now we're talking it's close to 9500 Yeah, it hasn't had 10 times returns yet, like it did from when it went from 100 to 1000 but uh, it's gone up almost triple in the last three years, which is very happy. For, I'm very happy about that, needless to say. But I think that's only the beginning. I think we're getting ready to see an incredible rise in Bitcoin. And there are a lot of people who feel the same way who are a lot smarter than I am. And that's why I want to tell you about Bitcoin. That's why you need to learn about Bitcoin. I'm not a financial advisor, let me tell you that. I'm just a technical guy. I'm just a techie. I wish they had computers when I was in high school. Right, guys? I mean, oh my gosh, what could we have done with a computer when we were in high school? But needless to say, we didn't have any of that. I got my first computer, I think, in 1983. I got an Apple Macintosh. And by, eight, by 96, I had built my first website. And that was hard to do at the time. 
but I felt, built my first e-commerce website in 96. And then in 2004, I started podcasting. And now here I'm coming to you live on BizTalk TV to tell you about Bitcoin and more. I also want to make sure you know I do, one of the things I do is I run a Bitcoin conference. This is my third year for running this conference in Dallas, Texas, and it's called BitBlock Boom. And you might want to check out BitBlock Boom at bitblockboom.com. It's a great conference about Bitcoin, and it's only about Bitcoin. It's not about cryptocurrencies or about blockchain. It's about Bitcoin. And just to make sure it's clear, when I say cryptocurrencies, there are over 2,000 different cryptocurrencies. And this, this conference is for people who like Bitcoin. I guess since I've been involved in it for a while now and on the run-up in August of 2017 uh, when I got involved, Bitcoin was about 3500 and by Christmas it was 20000 And during that run-up from 3500 to 20000 I saw thousands of people come out with new cryptocurrencies. And guess what? After it hit 20000 it dropped back down to 3500 and I saw tons of companies leaving cryptocurrencies, closing, shutting down. So I believe Bitcoin is the only coin strong enough, the only crypto, the only thing strong enough to invest your money in. Everything else seems to come and go, but Bitcoin is here to stay. It's a pretty strong coin, I promise you that. That's my thoughts at least ways. So stay tuned with us for the day. On our next segment, we're going to really do a deeper dive into Bitcoin, but I kind of wanted to let you know how I got involved in the Bitcoin, what I think about Bitcoin, and what I'm doing in the Bitcoin world. One more thing before I go on to make sure you know, I also do a daily show called 4-Minute Bitcoin. Every day I come out with one episode of this show that's four minutes or less. That's why it's called 4-Minute Crypto. So go to 4MinuteCrypto.com and subscribe. You can subscribe on YouTube, on, your pod, on a podcast with your phone, on your Alexa device. And every weekday, I'm going to come out with a four-minute show about Bitcoin. It's a great way to learn one little quick topic every day, one little news story every day, one little thing about Bitcoin every day. If you listen to it every day in a year, you're pretty much a Bitcoin expert, especially if you listen to that and watch Bitcoin for Boomers on BizTalk TV. So make sure you stay tuned to BizTalk TV. Watch our future episodes. Make sure you listen to everything you can about Bitcoin, whether it's from me or someone else. But remember, Bitcoin is a very volatile, volatile product. It shoots up and it shoots down. If you think the, the market's been volatile lately, well, you haven't seen anything. If you start investing in Bitcoin, you'll know what volatility is. I guess that's why the market hasn't been bothering me lately. I've been so involved with Bitcoin for so many years, seeing it go from 3,500 to 20,000. You gotta realize, August 2017, 3,500. Christmas 2017, $20,000. That's a pop. That's a pop I wish it would last. But it was obvious and evident it wouldn't last moving that quickly. But we want you to know what's going to be happening with Bitcoin. On the next segment of the show, we're going to say, like I said, do a deeper dive into Bitcoin itself. What is Bitcoin? What is fiat? What is Bitcoin backed by? What is the dollar backed by? What is the Fed? These are things a lot of people don't know. But you need to have an understanding of what money is 
to understand what Bitcoin is. And a lot of people spend money, a lot of people have money, a lot of people save money, but they really don't seem to know what money is. So that's going to be our first deep dive today into the world of Bitcoin is what is money? After you know what money is, then you can see how Bitcoin comes into play. Like I said, not only is Bitcoin kind of a, a money, but it's more of a store of value. It's more of a digital gold. So we'll be right back in a few minutes with our next segment. Welcome back to the Bitcoin for Boomers show, live, produced live from the BizTalk TV studios in Arlington, Texas. I'm your host, Gary Leland, the Bitcoin Boomer. In this segment, we're going to break down what Bitcoin is and start going a little bit deeper into it. You now know that I like Bitcoin, you know who I am, and you know my personal history in Bitcoin. But I do want to give you one more thing before we get into that. If you have any questions you'd like us to play on next week's show, please send them to GaryLeland at gmail.com. GaryLeland at gmail.com. Send me your questions, and we'll try to answer them on next week's show. Maybe our third segment of each show will be questions from you. Now, I want to get into a little bit deeper thought as to Bitcoin, what it is. And this is the information you really, really want to know, I believe. You want to know what Bitcoin is and everything about it. Many times when people ask what Bitcoin is, people will give you back the answer that Bitcoin is a cryptocurrency. A, a cryptocurrency? Now, that's really a terrible answer. If someone doesn't know what Bitcoin is, then they probably don't know what a cryptocurrency is either, I would assume. Answering a question with an answer that most people don't understand is not really answering the question at all. So let's start to answer this question by going to Wikipedia. Now, if you search Bitcoin in Wikipedia, it says that Bitcoin is the world's first cryptocurrency, a form of electronic cash sent peer-to-peer -peer without a need for financial intermediaries. It's the first decentralized digital currency. Now, I see they use crypto in their definition. They even use the term peer-to-peer. Now, if you're a techie, that definition may make some sense to you, but Wikipedia's answer may be still a little too complicated for the average person or the average boomer to understand at least ways. Maybe we should start with the basics and, and answer a question that may be a little bit easier to explain. I think we need to say, what is money? Everyone uses money. Everyone has some money. But what exactly is money? Money is really just part of a system that has been put in place to help with exchanging products and services. If I give you something of value, you may give me some money in return. Then I can take the money you gave me and exchange it for another product or another service or something else I want or need. Throughout history, Many different things have served as money. Almost everything from seashells to arrowheads to precious metals. Precious metals such as gold and silver have probably been used the most common items used for money over the centuries. The fact is gold and silver are rare 
and in limited supply, that helps it serve as a great store of value. Sometimes I, do, I really do have to question that entire limited supply thing, though. I mean, they've been mining gold like forever, and they still haven't run out of it. In fact, they seem to keep finding more and more and more. And they haven't even started mining on the oceans, and I hear they're going to start pulling in asteroids with gold. But for thousands of years, gold and silver worked perfectly well. You can weigh it, you can smelt it and make it into coins. Either way, it's easy to assign a value to gold and silver. Now, back in 740 BC in China, during the Tang Dynasty, the government of the time decided it'd be good to use paper for money. After all, block printing had just been invented, and what could be a better use could there be for block printing than for making money? <laughs> I'm sure that's the first thing they thought of, right? Now, this was the first introduction of paper money as we know it. I assume the same arguments that people make today about using Bitcoin were made back then about using paper money. Why should I trust paper money instead of just gold or silver? I, I, or maybe they said, I want to hold my gold and silver in my hands. I don't want paper money. I want to touch my gold and silver. They may even worried about their paper money getting lost or, or burned up if there was a fire. If there was a fire, at least their gold would still be there. Now let's advance to the future. Get in our time machine and go to the United States. Paper dollars were originally gold or silver certificates. If you're like me, you've probably seen one if you're a boomer. In other words, paper dollars were a piece of paper that said you own some gold or silver and basically that gold or silver was being kept safe for you in a vault at the U.S. Treasury. Now at any time you could take your paper dollars to the U.S. government and actually exchange them for gold or silver. So you could say, here's my dollars, I want some gold or silver. I guess people still weren't all that excited about trusting paper money. Instead, they were just technically trusting the government to hold their gold and silver and keep it secure for them. I assume it was also a lot easier to carry around a paper money than it was to carry around a bag of gold or silver everywhere you went. Now in the 1960s, the U.S. government took the silver out of the coins. And if you're like me, you probably remember when quarters had silver, had, uh, were all silver. I remember when I was a kid, the quarters were solid silver. Then maybe it was third grade, they started coming out with a little silver on both sides and a lot of copper in the middle, like a sandwich. Then came the 70s and President Nixon, well, he decided to take the United States off of the gold standard completely. Now you may ask, what is the gold standard? It's a system where the value of a currency is defined in terms of gold for which the currency can be exchanged. So I guess there was some, basically some gold in Fort Knox for every dollar printed. Uh, that's the key word there is was. There was money in there. Now the United States is no longer on the gold standard. Instead, the U.S. dollar is a currency that the U.S. government has decided and declared is legal tender. It's not backed by anything except by the word of the U.S. government. It's surprising how many people that I talk to, they think the dollar is still backed by gold. And if you're under the age of 50, the U.S. dollar has never been backed by gold during your entire lifetime. Now the U.S. dollar is now what we call fiat currency. 
but so is the euro and almost the rest of all the paper money in the world. Now, if you're not familiar with the term fiat, it's a Latin word meaning it shall be. I guess the term is used for U.S. paper money because the U.S. government says that paper money shall be used as legal tender. So the actual definition of fiat money is inconvertible paper money made legal tender by a government decree. So the U.S. government has said, forget about gold, forget about silver, all you really need is paper money. And that, that seems good enough since we're all using fiat money every day and most people don't seem to be complaining too much about using fiat money. So that's what money is today as we know it. That's where money came from, came from shells, came from arrowheads, came from gold and silver, started being printed by uh, Chinese, Chinese during after block printing was invented. United States, they took the silver out of our coins when we were little kids, the gold out of our, our dollars when I was in high school, and now our gold is just backed by the government, and guess what? They're printing a ton of it. They are printing trillions of dollars worth of it. And you know as well as I do, there's a thing that's called supply and demand. The more there is, the more the supply is, the more value is lost. Things drop when the value, when there's so many of them printed. So that's what we have there in the U.S. dollar, or dollars of the world. Like I said, it's not just the U.S. dollar. It's all dollars of the world. Now we're going to come back in a few minutes and talk about Bitcoin, how Bitcoin falls into place with this. But I, like I said, I thought you needed to understand what money really is, especially since so many of you think the money is actually backed by gold still. And like I said, if you're under the age of 50, it has never been backed by gold during your entire lifetime. So I hope you understood that. I know I went through it quick, but I hope you found that interesting. And I hope that it will make more sense as we come back and go further into the story of Bitcoin and what Bitcoin is and where it come from. So thanks for joining me again on segment. this segment. I think the next segment's gonna be even better. By the way, make sure to tell your friends about this show. We're gonna be on for 12 weeks for season one. So share about us, put us on your social media. Talk about us on Facebook. Talk about us on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter, like I said earlier, and I'll see you in a few minutes after this commercial break. Welcome back to the Bitcoin for Boomers show on the BizTalk TV studios, live from the Arlington, Texas studios. I'm Gary Leland, your host, the Bitcoin Boomer. And if you're just joining us by some chance, if you're a channel changer and you just joined in, we're going in a semi-deep dive right now about Bitcoin, what Bitcoin is, trying to just educate you on the Bitcoin. We're not technical advisors, and I'm not a financial investor, but I do know a lot about Bitcoin, and I want to share that with you. And before we go any further, before I really get back into the subject, I want to make sure you know, I want you to send me your questions. If you have a question about Bitcoin, send it to GaryLeland at gmail.com, and I'll try to answer it on future episodes. So remember, send me your questions about Bitcoin. Now, in the last episode, we talked about money. What is money? 
you know, that's an interesting subject, and I feel you need to know what money is to know what Bitcoin is. But one of the biggest disadvantages of paper money is the fact that it's easy to counterfeit, that it's almost impossible to do with gold or silver. But in a few minutes, I'll explain how that's also possible, or impossible, should I say, to do with Bitcoin. In today's world of computer technology, fiat money has been digitized and we started dealing with numbers and computers instead of actual paper dollars. Digitization of our money makes it much easier to count, move, and store. Actually, most of the money you use today is just really numbers in a bank's computer. Think about it. What percentage of your income do you really touch in the way of physical money? You probably have direct deposit for your paycheck, and then you pay for your house payment and other bills online with an online check. You probably use credit cards or debit cards for your everyday expenses. So really, how much money do you really use? The amount of physical paper money you actually touch is probably a very, very small percentage. You're using digital money every day, you just don't look at it as digital money. In some countries, they've completely done away with paper money altogether. In these countries, they only use digital money. So Bitcoin is digital money, but it's just not controlled by the U.S. government or any government for that matter. That may sound a little crazy to you and it may even sound a little bit scary to some people. If someone has a computer file that represents one dollar, what would stop them from copying that five million times and creating five million dollars for themselves? Let's face it, if I have a photo, I can make copies of it. I can make a copy of any file. So now we're back to the counterfeiting things. And like I said earlier, counterfeiting is very easy to do with paper money. But how about digital money? Now, this has really been the biggest problem in the creation and the use of digital currency. And this is actually called the double spend problem. The banks have a solution to the double spend problem. The banks use a ledger system on their own computers, which keep track of who owns what. The ledger system they use is known as a centralized ledger. And centralized ledger systems are what the world has been using for money for many, many years now. The bank's ledger system keeps up with everyone's money. It tracks how much you put in the bank. And it tracks how much you spend or take out of the bank. And since we trust the banks and the banks trust their computers, this centralized solution works and has worked fine in the U.S. without many, too many bugs for many years. Now, in 2008, a researcher published a paper, a white paper, describing how to solve the double spending problem without using a centralized solution. In other words, without a bank's involvement. And his name or her name was Satoshi Nakamoto. And they were writing about Bitcoin. It was described how you can make a ledger system that doesn't rely on a single bank, but instead used a centralized solution. He had invented a decentralized solution to handle the double spend problem. Now you may be asking yourself, how does something work if it's decentralized? Don't you need someone or some company to actually be in charge or, or in control of the records? You probably use a de decentralized service every day that works perfectly, but you just never thought about it that way. 
The internet is decentralized. It's a decentralized service. The internet is the most powerful network ever created, but there's not a main office for the internet. There's not a president for the internet either. The internet is just there and is completely decentralized. The internet decentralizes information technology, but how does Bitcoin decentralize money? Like bank transactions, Bitcoin transactions are recorded in a ledger. The Bitcoin ledger is not maintained by a private company like the bank's ledger. Instead, it is maintained by the public. Thousands of people all around the world have a copy of the Bitcoin ledger on their computers. And unlike a centralized ledger system, anyone can download and verify transactions on the Bitcoin ledger using their computer. Now you may be wondering, if Bitcoin uses a public ledger, wouldn't that cause really big security issues? Wouldn't that make Bitcoin really easy to hack? The answer is no, and no again. The fact that the Bitcoin ledger is public doesn't make it easy to hack at all. It actually makes it harder to hack. As an example, let's imagine that I was trying to hack all the photos of Abraham Lincoln. He was a great president. Let's say I wanted to substitute all the photos of Abraham Lincoln. I know that sounds crazy, but bear with me for a second. Let's say I wanted to change what people thought Abraham looked like. Maybe I wanted to replace the image of Abraham Lincoln with an image of myself. And people would think I was Abraham Lincoln when I walked down the street. Now I could hack into a lot of websites online and online directories. Maybe I could hack into Wikipedia and other websites about Abraham Lincoln. I could change all the photos on those websites to a photo of myself. But that wouldn't cause a really big issue, now would it? There are just too many websites around the world that would still have photos of the real Abraham Lincoln on them. And in other words, I couldn't hack into enough websites quick enough to fool anyone into thinking I was Abraham Lincoln. Now, the Bitcoin public ledger works almost the same way as explained in my great Abraham Lincoln example. The Bitcoin public ledger is just too big and on too many websites or too many computers for anyone to hack into it and change the information. The Bitcoin public ledger that was created by Satoshi Nakamoto, it's actually called the Bitcoin blockchain. And people who don't even have faith in Bitcoin, well, they will always say blockchain is a great new technological advancement. So now you know that Bitcoin is digital and you also know that Bitcoin is decentralized and you know that Bitcoin uses the blockchain to confirm transactions. So let's answer the question that we started with. What is Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a decentralized digital currency. Since Bitcoin does not have a home country or a country of origin, it has some of the same benefits that fiat currencies that they don't offer. It has some benefits they don't offer. It's an economy somewhere in the world falls or government changes. Bitcoin won't be affected like a fiat currency would be since Bitcoin is a worldwide currency. So Bitcoin is not controlled by any bank, any government, any person. Nobody controls Bitcoin. It's like the Wild West. It's just out there and nothing can be done about it. It's on so many computers now that, needless to say, it will be almost impossible to shut it down. Maybe if the whole world at one time, all the governments, tried to shut it down, they could come close, but I think it's just on too many computers.
to be shut down at this time. So now you know what money is for segment one. You know why Bitcoin can't be copied because it's on too many computers. And you know what Bitcoin is. It's digital, digital money. And remember, most of the money you use now is digital money. Credit cards, e-checks. So don't be scared of the fact that it's digital money. The real difference is it's not controlled by anyone. It's a world currency not controlled by anyone. And we'll be right back with more after this message. See you then. And welcome back to the Bitcoin for Boomers show here at the BizTalk Studios. In case you're just joining in, I'm Gary Leland, your host, also known as the Bitcoin Boomer. I like Bitcoin. I find this such an interesting topic. I find it such an interesting topic that I decided to uh, do a TV show about the topic. And this is episode one. But we've been going over on the previous episodes, what is money? Because I feel you need to know what money is to know what Bitcoin is. If you don't know what money is, how are you going to learn what Bitcoin is? And most people don't know what money is. It was a brief explanation, but I think you got the picture. Then we went over to what digital currency is. And now we're going to go over some uses for Bitcoin and who's going to benefit from Bitcoin. I mean, Bitcoin is completely different and it has so many things that it offers. But the real question I guess people should ask themselves is who will benefit the most from Bitcoin. In the beginning, it will probably be all the people that don't have access to banks. In the US now, there's a bank on almost every corner. You can't miss a bank, but it's not that true in most other parts of the world. If you live in South Africa or, or in Africa or South America or the majority of third world countries, you'll find that banks are few and very far between. While most people in third world countries do not live close to a bank, they do have access to the internet and they probably do have a smartphone nowadays. And that's what makes Bitcoin so valuable to the world. With a smartphone and access to the internet, you have your own personal bank with you at all times. By using Bitcoin, you no longer have to depend on a bank to receive deposit or transfer money. Businesses all over the world are starting to accept Bitcoins as payments for their product. I personally accept Bitcoin at both of my stores here in Arlington, Texas. You can go to Leland's Wallpaper or my sporting goods store, softballjunk.com, and pay with Bitcoin. The number of stores that accept Bitcoin, well, it's growing every day. There are even websites out there to help you find stores that accept Bitcoin. Have you seen a Bitcoin ATM yet? They're popping up in a lot of places. I saw one the other day at my convenience store, corner convenience store. Bitcoin could possibly change the entire world of banking, and not just for people in third world countries, but for everyone everywhere. Trying to explain Bitcoin time is like trying to explain what the internet was back in 1996. In 1996, most people had no idea what the internet was much less had ever used the internet. And that is exactly where Bitcoin is at this time. 
Bitcoin is still in its infancy, but as more and more people get involved and more and more people get educated about Bitcoin, more and more tools are being made to work with Bitcoin. We may find it becoming so important that we can't imagine how we lived without it, basically just like we can't imagine how we lived without the internet. Do you remember that? I'm sure you do if you're a boomer. Well, that's what's gonna happen with Bitcoin. We're gonna wonder how we got along with it. We're gonna have control of our own money. You know, a lot of people invest in the Bitcoin because they do wanna see profits and they know it's gonna go up, but that is not the only thing that's good about Bitcoin. Making money's good. <laughs> Having your investment goes, going up is good. Don't get me wrong. But if I wanna transfer some money to a friend of mine in England, let's say, let's say my wife's in Europe and I wanna send her some money. I don't have to worry about doing an international transfer that would take maybe three days to get there and maybe cost 10% of the money I sent her. I could send her Bitcoin and she'd have it right away in minutes. Let's say if you're from South America and you're working in the United States sending money back home to your family. Well, right now you probably take that, that person probably takes their money to Western Union and wires it to their family. And then their family member has to go to a Western Union store and pick up their money. Now, first of all, it costs them 10% probably to send that money from here to West to uh, South America where their friends live or where their family lives. And then their family member has to go to the Western Union store to get their money. So if they live in an area that's not very safe or it's semi-corrupt, is that the safest thing for them to go into a, uh, a store once a week and pick up money? that costs 10% to transfer? And let's face it, many of the people who are in that situation, maybe they're not making a ton of money to begin with and every penny is needed back home. So that's another use for Bitcoin. So yes, I could transfer Bitcoin to my wife in Europe, but also someone else who that 10% or that speed may be needed for, they have it too. You see, Bitcoin doesn't discriminate. Bitcoin doesn't care if you're black. Bitcoin doesn't care if you're white. Bitcoin doesn't care if you're Hispanic. It's digital currency that anyone can own, anyone can send, anyone can receive. And as I said, it doesn't care who you are. It's not like a bank. It's not going to close your account. Your account's not going to get closed. Your funds are not going to get tied up. You're not going to have your money just hard to access. You're not going to run out of checks and have to go. You're not going to get over your limit. So I think Bitcoin has many, many, I don't think, I know Bitcoin has many, many good reasons to exist. And, and as we said, we've gone over Bitcoin, what it is, what money is, who it's going to help. Like I said, I'll help the third world. Yeah, I saw a map one day on a show I was watching about TV and it showed the whole world at night. Have you ever seen those uh, globes? Uh, videos of the planet Earth at night from the space satellite or the space station or the space shuttle. And you know, when it comes over North America, it's all lit up and you can almost tell the cities where they are. You can tell when you go over Miami or Chicago or New York because it's so lit up. Well, I saw a globe like this of the Earth with banks. 
in every city that every bank was lit up oh my gosh north america oh my gosh and and you know it's going to be lit up right you see banks everywhere you drive and so was europe london everywhere but then most of the rest of the world was darkness south america africa asia just total darkness because there are not many banks there and as i said earlier in this segment that is who's going to benefit to begin with from Bitcoin or the unbanked. Now you are your own bank. But, you know, that's great power, you know, being your own bank. And with great power, as Spider-Man says, with great power comes great responsibility. Actually, Voltaire said that, but I always, I always like to give that to Spider-Man. So being your bank and not depending on another bank is a, is a great power, but you have to be very responsible or else because people want your money. Just like people will rob your bank, people will try to steal your Bitcoin. And we'll go over that on a future episode about people trying to steal your Bitcoin. But Bitcoin is not going to be stolen unless you just mess up. And we'll try to help you with that on future episodes for sure. And remember, please... Send me your questions. I know you're going to have some after watching this. Send them to GaryLeland at gmail.com. And I will try to answer as many of those as I can. And remember, if you send me a question, I'm probably going to say your name. So don't send me a question. I'm going to say this question is from Joe. So don't send me a question if you don't want your name being said on the air. Giving you a fair warning now. Now, we're going to come back in a few minutes after a little break here. Close out the show. Got a few things I want to go over with. And also, I want to one more time tell you about my conference, BitBlockBoom. If you're interested in Bitcoin, check out BitBlockBoom.com. This is an in-person conference in August, and I have people coming from all over the world. We have speakers from Australia. I have people from all over the world coming. This is going to be a great conference down here in Texas, and we're going to blast this. It's going to be hot. <laughs> <laughs> so get ready for that. But you're going to have a blast at bitblockboom.com. So check out the website. Check out 4minutebitcoin.com. want to make sure you know about these things. One news article every day in four minutes or less. You're going to love it. You're going to learn so much. And we will see you in a few minutes after this word from our sponsor. We'll be back on the Bitcoin for Boomers show. I'm Gary Lee. Thanks for watching so far. Welcome back to the final segment of the Bitcoin for Boomer show on BizTalk TV. I'm Gary Leland, and I hope you've enjoyed the show today. This was our first episode, so things were a little up <laughs> here behind the scenes. But I think everything went okay, and I want to make sure that you come back next week. Next week, we'll go over more information. You know, I have a ton of friends in the world of Bitcoin and cryptocurrency, that I've made are some of the top minds in the world in Bitcoin. And I'll be bringing them on the show. They know a lot more than I do. They know more of the technical things. So I find I bring them on and they'll talk technically and I'll try to break it down into a non-technical terms for you. But remember, please share this show with your friends. Tell your friends about it. Tell them whether it's on Facebook or YouTube or, or wherever you hang out at Twitter, whatever you hang out or, or just your next door neighbor in conversation. But let's help educate everybody on Bitcoin 
because you need to know what Bitcoin is. You may not think so, I promise you, in five years, Bitcoin is going to be so embedded into everything we do, and you'll realize, and you'll email me, and you'll go, Gary Leland, thank you for coming on five years ago and explaining to me what Bitcoin was. Because just because we're boomers doesn't mean we're not going to be around a long time, right? I, I'm 65, and I was told it's the new 45, and that sounds good to me. So remember, come back, tell your friends, send us an email if you have a question, and join us next week on the Bitcoin for Boomer show for sure. We've enjoyed having you today, or I've enjoyed having you today. I've enjoyed doing the show. I hope, I hope the shows even get better and better. As I say, this was our first run. Uh, I want to thank Travis Lydic for helping out as my producer. Um, without him, this wouldn't be possible, and the crew here at BizTalk TV. So watch our other shows on BizTalk, and join me and check out my other shows. Check out my conference I told you about earlier and the 4-Minute Bitcoin show. And that's it. So I hope you have a good day, and please continue. Continue learning about one thing, Bitcoin, and learn some more about Bitcoin, and then learn some more about Bitcoin, because you need to know about Bitcoin. I can't say it enough. I said it four times right there. I just can't say it enough. Bitcoin is the future as we're going to know it. So thanks again for watching, and I'll see you next week. Have a good one, guys. <laughs>